0: this is jocko underground podcast number 49 sitting with here with echo charles wanted to talk about a little something called psychological reactance
1: mm.
0: now this is something that you know that i know that i've known about for a long time but i but i haven't heard it i didn't know this term mm. what this is is the definition is quote, "unpleasant motivation arousal or reaction to offers, people, rules or regulations that threaten or eliminate specific behavior freedoms." End quote. So what does that mean? What that means is what that means is that people don't like to feel their freedom of choice is being threatened in any way. And what you hear, have heard me say for years, and this is just something I would throw out there as if it was a fact, and it kind of now is, mm-hmm. is you hear me say, people don't like have things imposed upon them. You don't want to impose your plan on, you don't want to force things on people. That, th- there's a psychological phenomenon mm-hmm. that backs up that, quote, feeling that I talk about. Mm. Um. This happens when you, you know when someone says, hey, you can't do that and it makes you want to do it a little bit?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, we were
0: talking about something earlier today. Yeah. It was like, oh, someone's telling me to do something, telling yeah. us to do something yeah. and that makes us, both of us feel like, oh, we, would, we just won't do it just
1: to spite them. Yeah. Or at the very least, you can't tell me what not at to the do. Very like you're least. mad that you can't do it even though you never wanted to do it. Right, that right there, yeah. that right there is
0: reactance. That's yeah. psychological reactance. When someone says, hey, you can't do that, and makes you want to do it more and this is because in my opinion humans don't like to be controlled right humans don't like to be controlled we tend to want to do the opposite of what someone is imposing on us this is by the way where the idea of reverse psychology which everyone's heard of plays on. that's that's the idea that that it plays on like oh you you know Hey, Echo, you're not allowed to sweep up in here. No, oh, watch me. I'm going to sweep up, you yeah, know, like yeah. the Tom Sawyer, yeah, yeah, you know, example of, you know, you guys can't paint the fence, you know? No, yes, we can. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. So that's what's that's what, that's what reverse psychology works on. It works on reactants. Uh, there's four elements to reactants. Or for I should say four stages maybe perceived freedom like this is what I think I'm I should be allowed to do Threat to that freedom then you get the reactance which then provides restoration of the freedom a Couple interesting indicators the more certain of the freedom The harder the reactance so if it's something you definitely think you should be able to do and I told you not do it You're gonna re- have even more reactance to it mm. the higher importance of the freedom, the more stringent the reactants and and here's an interesting point. They tie this to the fact that if I take one freedom away from you, you psychologically think if you take that one you're probably need to take more. it's almost like a, a psychological slippery slope that we're getting into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so it's important to understand this it's important to understand this for me to be able to sort of so to sort of quantify this idea that I've been expressing for years, which is people don't like being told what to do. People don't like having ideas imposed upon them. People don't like having plans imposed upon them. And, and and so this is where it comes from. We all as humans have a psychological reactance. We don't wanna be told what to do. We don't wanna have our freedom of choice controlled in any way. So. Then the question becomes, how do you overcome this, right? Well, this is again something else I talk about all the time, using the indirect approach. Making something someone's idea, right? I don't push the idea down their throat. I ask earnest questions to get them to say, oh, well this, I think we should do this right now. Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Now it's been your idea, now, we, now you wanna go and execute it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Saying something like, hey Echo, here's the situation here, we're in. I think we should go in this direction, but it's your call. Mm. Right? Now I give you that little bit of freedom. You go, you know what? Here's what I want to do. And it allows you a little bit more freedom to think through the issue. Whereas if I say, Echo, you need to do this right now, you're automatically against it. Mm. And you might resist it. You might say, I'm not going to do that. Whereas if I say, hey, man, here's the situation. It's your call what we do. And it opens up your mind to actually do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And what this reinforces is the fact that once again the indirect approach may seem like the harder thing to do it may seem like the less efficient thing to do but this is another reason why the shortest distance between two points is not always a straight line in fact in that works on a piece of paper in geometry class in yeah. sixth grade but in the real world the straightest, the, the the closest distance between two points is rarely, if ever, a straight line, and the indirect approach
1: is usually better. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, the indirect you, you go around the mountains, kind of, like okay. So 100%. I was going, I was going up uh, big to Big Bear, mm-hmm. coming back, mm-hmm. and my son he's five. He goes, "Why do these roads have to be so windy? Because mm-hmm. they're windy." Yeah, they are. And he and technically, it's not a bad question. It's like, yeah, why isn't it? Why is it so windy? So you kind of look Did you say look attention. at the
0: freaking cliff, bro?
1: <laughs> no, and I for sure didn't say it like that. Okay. But I did say, however, I was like, oh, because they got to go with the contour of the mountains. Otherwise, like, where's the road? How are you going to make the road? Unless you made one huge bridge or something like this, but that would take a long time and all this stuff. I says, but if you pay attention... This makes the most sense because you got to go look where we're going. We're always next to the mountain. Look, and you see him. And for a long time, he's just looking at every curve and it started to make sense to him. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, in a vacuum or in sixth grade geometry, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a straight line. But in real life, it doesn't work like that because there's all these other factors.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, kind of the, one of the examples I'll use when I'm talking to clients and trying to explain the indirect approach to them. You know, if you've got to get from point A to point B, Hey the easiest way is a straight line right yes of course well what if there's a river
1: yeah.
0: what if there's a two ridge lines that you have to pass over and if you just go a little bit off course you can go over here into a nice field which doesn't have the river running through it yeah. and it doesn't have any ridge lines and instead of you you know instead of it taking you uh, whatever 10 hours to get across the ridge lines across the river you can just whoosh, you can just get there in three hours because yep. you can go fast. You're not gaining and losing elevation twice to get over ridgelines.
1: Yep. And risking some detrimental stuff, yep. by the way. Yeah.
0: So very interesting. The indirect approach. I'm still trying to find the best way to explain this to people because it's counterintuitive. And it's counterintuitive because of what we learn in sixth grade geometry that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And it only works on that piece of paper with, you know, Mrs. Jones, who's telling you <laughs> what how to get from point A to point B. This is Viola Swamp.
1: So um, what is the okay psychological reactance? Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's
0: a good one because yeah. we all have it. You see it from your kids. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that okay? You know the idea of when people's, I don't know if it's the same thing, but that's kind of kind of what I'm asking. Maybe is this the real fundamental same thing? You know when they say um, don't what is it? Don't think of an elephant, and then you can't help yep. but think of an elephant. I wonder if that has something to do with it.
0: I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It's a similar thing, but that's more like once there's an idea in your head, like you can't right, right. you can't process, pr- you thing. can't purposely turn it off. Yeah. Whereas this is a natural reaction. Yeah. It's like you know every action has a natural and equal that is a little excerpt of what we are doing on the Jocko Underground podcast. So if you want to continue to listen, go to jockounderground.com and subscribe and we're doing this we're doing this to mitigate our reliance on external platforms so we are not subject to their control and we are doing this so that we can support the Jocko podcast which will remain As is free-for-all as long as we can keep it that way but we but we are doing this so we don't have to be under the control of sponsors and we're doing it so we can give you more control more interaction more direct connections better communications with us and to do that we are we're building a website right now where we'll be able to utilize to Strengthen this legion of troopers that are in the game with us. So thank you. It's jockounderground.com. It costs $8.18 a month. And if you can't afford to support us, we can still support you. Just email assistance at jockounderground.com and we'll get you taken care of. Until then, we will see you mobilized underground.